Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio going on everybody we are back this is episode 215 of the dark windows podcast my name is kevin <coughs> i'm kevin too i'm fucking professional unbelievable oh shut up you know we're about to do the intro so you're like you know this is a good time to yawn i didn't yawn i coughed you look like you yawned first i had a cough uh okay anyway i went like i coughed and i, I was covering my mouth asshole to be polite so you rolled well i rolled for you a crime yes and then you rolled for me a crime for next week. Uh-huh. So I really hope. And you told me that you took my demand, and we got some fucking blood and guts, nasty and, shit. And you told me, come on, don't be a pussy. Exact words. It was. Don't be a pussy, and do something with bloods and guts. I, I said and I want some goddamn no blood. fucking train robberies. Yeah. And well, guess what, dickhead? I, was like, I want some fucking blood and guts. Let's do I it. I fucking did. Good. A train robbery. You cocksucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> you better not have done a trailer on me. I'll shut this shit off right now. Uh, well, we've, that was... we've covered we've covered fucking 97% of the train robberies that have ever happened that First are off, like even notable. A, we have not. I said notable. I, we've only covered three. One. We've had we've done a lot of train related shit on this show before. No, we've only done one train robbery. We've done at least two train robberies. No, one. Mm-hmm. What's anyway, the second one? I don't remember. What do you got, the, though? The last, the one I did was the Oregon train robbery. Ah. So that was so, the... Before we get going, though, have you watched any, like, horror movies yet this year for, like, Halloween? Yeah, I watched the, 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 the last Halloween. Was it good? It looked terrible. It was good. Oh. It was good. Are you hopeful that this, that this is the end of it? Because I really It is. Thank oh, no, 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 no. I know it's the end. Good. I won't spoil it for you, but I know it's the end. I hope NATO fucking, like, firebombed Haddon, and that's just how they ended. Like, no. No. Fuck this entire thing. City's gone. No. Let's just say. Go ahead. I'm not going to watch it. Let's what, just... what, they cut his head off again? No. No, they, they, they did away with that. Okay. They they wiped that part out. Oh, that y- one out. It doesn't matter because it still existed. Uh, you know, you can only retcon shit for people that don't remember it happening. I know they, they were like, you know, we don't want this to be because like the next one was basically he came back, even though because it was he didn't he didn't actually die. It was someone else that died. Yeah. And then there was the cult. And then like he came back. <sighs> Got real fucking stupid. Oh, cult. Yeah, there was uh, Halloween five was the cult. <clears throat> mm. 
Cult of the Thorn or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, well, that was uh, that was his. That was okay. Supposedly, Jamie. So supposedly, what's her name had uh, a daughter. Yeah. And then left her. But then H two O. She says nothing about him, about her. Doesn't even mention her name. Doesn't even say anything. Yeah, it's because all of them after number two were terrible. With well, the exception of number three, which is a good movie if you take it out of the context of fucking Michael Myers even being involved in it. What they actually Halloween did, three is good. What they did with uh, <clears throat> the last three was they basically took it and went, okay, one, two exist. The rest of them that are Michael Myers related, right. don't exist. Everything does not, H2O doesn't exist. All of them do not exist. They And then they start it from, okay, it's been X amount of years. Uh, he actually, uh, when he got burnt and, sh- and then whatever, he actually went away. He got his ass fucking locked up. He became an old man and then got the fuck out. And then went on a fucking spree because he was like, I got to make up for lost time. I got to kill bitches wholesale. Fucking, you know. Well, last one. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. We can cut this part out. <laughs> so I watched an actual, I watched some actual good horror movies. Uh, Antlers. We watched on HBO Max. Fucking fantastic. Is it? Very good. Very good. I won't tell you anything about it because... I figured out the premise of this movie before you see the first character like pop up on screen. Okay. Just how they like show stuff on the screen, like this little blurb and shit. I'm like, ah, I know what this is. Okay. Fantastic. If you haven't watched it, fucking watch it. Really good. Oh. Um, and then we watched Tusk, which is so much fun. Tusk? Tusk, yeah. What's that? Uh, it's, well. <laughs> What's it on? It's on HBO Max. It's actually about a podcaster that goes to Canada to do something, and what he goes up there for falls through, and he ends up trying to do something different. Um, and he ends up... <sighs> he ends up different. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Okay. But it's a really funny trip to so watch. So is this, a, is this like a B-movie or something? No. No. I mean, it's got fucking Kevin Smith wrote and directed it, and Johnny Depp's in it. Okay. He, huh. I didn't look up to see that he was actually in it, but he's in like a shitload of prosthetics. <laughs> and then he starts talking and I'm like, I watched it with my wife. I'm like, I think that's Johnny Depp. She goes, I think it is too. So she looks up, she goes, son of a bitch, that's Johnny Depp. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. Huh. Interesting. It's the eyes. He's got those weird little beady, too close together eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. And Shelby had never seen Army of Darkness before. So we watched that last week. Um, she laughed her ass off the whole time because it's good. That's what hmm. it's meant for. But you know, uh, so <clears throat> speaking of uh, podcast, uh, old gods of Appalachia. Yeah, I'm on episode 26, so don't go too crazy here. I've restarted. Ah. I'm on the last episode of of the. Wait, what's what episode? You're so you're still on season two. I don't know. I'm on episode 26. Oh, so you're still on season two. I guess. Oh. But I've also well, had a really good book that I've been trying to finish. What's so. happening? In the, I don't in, remember. In I've, I've got a book that I've in the like at the end of that I can't 
stop listening. To, I can't listen to something else until I finish that because I'm at the end and it has to come to a close. It's called The Fisherman. It's actually really fucking good so far. Okay. Slow start. <clears throat> I'm finally getting back to the point in it where I realized that the first like four hours of the book had to be done because after that, there's like this giant chunk in the middle where you go, why isn't this the book? Okay. And then it comes, like cuts back to reality and you're like, okay, I see why they have to, okay. you know, anyway. Well, I mean, like I said, I just want to say, I figured out who, I had listened to it twice. It's the second time around listening to seasons one and two. I finally figured out who the, I don't know, what the dead queen or whatever the fuck she is. Mm-hmm. I figured out who she is. Who? I'm not telling you. I don't care. I want you, no, no, no. I want you to get to that point, and I want you to figure. Oh, so the one time you don't want to spoil something for me. What do you Frick. mean? You spoil a bunch of shit. I do not. Yeah. Fuck off. I never spoil Yellowstone. Oh, bullshit, you didn't. Yellowstone, you son of a bitch. Oh, is this before or after so-and-so died? Motherfucker, I haven't watched it. No, I never, nuh-uh. No. You I were pretty not. fucking close. Oh, was this before or after the big fight? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm on episode one. Don't. I didn't spoil. What are you, you talking you about? You tried to, and we no, stopped no, 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 it. No, no, no. You were talking about uh, fucking. No, I didn't spoil anything in Yellowstone. You tried. No, I didn't. We thwarted you. No, I spoiled. No, turned out what I spoiled was fucking uh, Gold Rush. Oh yeah, that too. Which I didn't really. It's not. I mean, it's a TV show. Doesn't Jesus matter. We Christ. stopped watching it, so. It's a reality TV yeah, show. I mean, fine. come on. Anyway, we should. Uh, Anyway, start talking about what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. Uh, So, rolled the crime. And I didn't do fucking train robbery. No, we don't. We already went over that part. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking like 37 minutes ago when we first started this shit. Shut up. It's only 12. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, I did John George Haig. Uh, I know who this is. Uh, He was born on... uh, July 24th, 1909, in Stamford, England. So, there, Ben. We do an English guy for you. Hey, we're not even coming back to the States next week, either. So, oh, that's good. we're going to continue our, uh, our European tour. Cool. So, uh, he was brought up in Outwood, Yorkshire. Uh, that's probably going to be like, it's not Yorkshire, it's Yorkshire or something like Yorkshire, that. Yorkshire, yeah. H-A-I-G for his last name? H-A-I-G-H. G-H. Oh, that's right. Um... Where so he was brought up in uh, Outwood, Yorkshire, where his ultra-religious Plymouth Brethren father was a uh, colliery foreman. He left uh, school at seventeen and was apprenticed for a time to a uh, motor engineer. He left home and on July on the sixth of July, nineteen thirty. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, he left home, uh, and on the 6th of July, 1934, he got married. Uh, not wanting to work for someone else, he started in business for himself by forging vehicle documents. Yeah, they're a fucking class act. Yeah. He was soon brought to justice for this, and he received 15 months at Leeds, uh, Aziz, 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 I've seen this so many times, and I'm still in asses. Maybe. Uh, in um, November of 1934. His wife divorced him, obviously. Because he's a douche. Yep. Yeah, I want to go into business for, for myself, but I don't want to do something legal. Yeah. So you want to be a criminal. 
Exactly. Okay, cool. So his wife divorced him, and on his release, he started a dry cleaning business with a partner. This was quite success, quite a successful venture until his partner was killed in a crash, and a car crash, that is, and the business collapsed. <laughs> Figured it wasn't a barrel racing accident. Well, you know? it could have been like a fucking, you know, it could have been a bicycle crash, or it could have been a motorcycle crash. Fucking or something dumped like that. his roller skates. Hey, it's a crash. Never know. Um, he moved to London in 1936, and he would take up a job working as a uh, coffer for, or I'm sorry, chauffeur. <laughs> oh God, that's staying in. A chauffeur. Oh. Yeah, he had, he had like one of those nice hats, and he had to put gloves on, and they yeah. just fucking coughed in everybody's face. Yeah, uh, a chauffeur for oh. a wealthy. I, Jesus. I can't fucking read my own writing. I know it. It's awesome. Well, it's not my own writing. It's fucking computer writing. But uh, 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 <clears throat> I became a chauffeur for a wealthy family, and it was wasn't long before he would get himself into a jam again, and would end up what flavor jam? <laughs> Strawberry, blackberry, mm. being English, maybe boysenberry, possibly, huh? or was Poss- it a marmalade? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm it not wasn't sure. a jelly though. It no. was definitely a jam. It was a it was preserve a of sorts. It was definitely yeah. a jam. Well, he would end up doing more time. He would spend four years in jail, and he would be released in 1940. Within uh, one year's time, he would end up back in jail for stealing, and this time he would serve 21 months in jail. Fucking lock this cocksucker up and keep him for a minute. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Now, this time upon his release, he would get a job as a salesman, and he would actually keep that until 1944. And then... What's he selling, though? Illegal shit, again, because he's a scum? Yeah. Uh, in the summer of 1944, he happened to bump into William Donald McSwain, who he had uh, first White met... fella, I'm assuming, right? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. It's a pretty, um, pretty white name. He, ha- uh, he had first met him in 1936. And on the 9th of September, 1944, the two met- men met for a drink at the Goat in... Uh, Kings, uh, Kenningston High Street. They then uh, went to seventy. 79- Kenning- Kensington. What I say? Kenningston. I think it's Kensington. You know, you're right. It is. Okay. It's Kensington. Sorry, I I might not know as much about England as you, but I know how to speak the language. I can't even speak fucking <laughs> English. So you that's know. what it was. I can't. Where, I can't speak anything English. Cause... Buddy, that's where I was going. After talking to customers all fucking day, my brain just kind of goes, huh. See, that's where you're at a disadvantage, because I don't talk to fucking anybody. I talk to, like, four people yeah. all day. It's uh, great. I talk to a lot of people. Man, that sucks. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that said, they then went to 79 Gloucester Road, where Haig uh, had a workshop. Here, Haig smashed McSwain's skull in and put his body in, in uh, a water bucket but uh that he had uh filled with acid ah yeah uh he then w- uh went around to mcswain's parents with whom he had got quite familiar with <sighs> yeah and told them that their son had gone into uh hiding to avoid the call-up yeah because this was like yeah this uh, was he could have been uh, drafted world for world war ii yeah yep. Uh, he was able to maintain this deception. Spoiler alert, he does not get drafted for World War II. Yeah. Uh, he was able to t- maintain this deception by sending the couple letters purporting 
that to be his son to be their son until 1945 when he murdered McSwain's uh, the McSwains and disposed of their bodies in the same yeah. fashion. He was fighting on the Western Front. He had everything postmarked from Mexico. Yeah. Who um, we fight in Mexico? I don't know yet, but somebody. Acting as William McSwain, he managed to obtain uh, legal control of all their possessions and stole everything, making over 4,000 pounds in the process, which in 1945 was a great deal of money. Yeah. In 1947. Would have been more if it was in American dollars. <clears throat> Probably. Yeah. Maybe. We have real yeah. money. Yeah. Um, so in 1947, he would meet the Hendersons during a property deal. In February of 1948, he took them one at a time from their uh, Metropole Hotel in Brighton, where he lived at the time. Hey, there you go, Ben. To his uh, new workshop in Crawley, where he had previously moved acid and uh, drum barrels to. Here he shot them in the head and uh, popped them in the now familiar uh, drum full of acid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, each one. You know, kind of acid. I believe it was hydrofluoric, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that because like that shit will dissolve all y'all. Yeah. Um. So he paid their hotel like a fucking bill. Fucking Roger Rabbit character. Yeah. Going the dip. <laughs> he paid their hotel bill and removed all of their valuables. Smart move. Now, let's move forward another year to 1949. Haig was now living uh, at the Onslow Court Hotel in South Kensington. He had been living there for four years by that time. Another resident living at the hotel was one Mrs. Olivia Robarts, uh, Duran Deacon. Fuck your names. That's way too many names. Yes. Settle on two. You get a first one and a last one. Maybe a middle one. But you don't need six names. Oh. I I am glad he kills this woman. Just on the principal fact that she has entirely too many names. She was a 69-year-old widow. There's starving children in Africa that don't have any names. You should, like, fucking call... Who the fuck was it? I don't know. They do the commercials and stuff. For 30 cents a day... You can support a starving child. Give him a fucking name. Give him one of your names. You don't need all of them. You're not using them all. Jesus. Be considerate. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, anytime. You really had a displeasure for that whole... Too many fucking names, dude. Too many names. Fuck this bitch. Well, I hope he puts her in the acid head first. Well, she's still... Sort of alive. Okay. So uh, she was a 69-year-old widow who Good. had lived at the hotel for over six years. Yeah. Her husband died because he's like, fuck you and all your stupid names. Maybe. Um, Swan dive <laughs> off the fucking roof. <laughs> the two often exchanged pleasantries at mealtimes, and Haig had told her that he was an engineer and an inventor. You know, trying to, you know, win her over. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, she's, what, 70 years old, and he's, what, 30 at this point, something like that? Yeah. No. Uh, look, so, looking, looking to knock the dust off of that thing and just get some. No. Which, uh... Ugh. At lunch on the 14th of February, Mrs. Duran Deacon showed Haig some false fingernails that she had designed and asked Haig if he could improve the idea to a product that would be marketable. Right. He told her that he would think about it, 
And then on the 18th, uh, they would take a drive, and they would end up at Haig's workshop in Crawley. And after being inside for a bit, Haig would then shoot her in the back of the head. Like a dick. Uh, he would remove her jewelry and fur coat, put her body in a 45-gallon corrosive resistive drum, and fill the tank with sulfuric acid. It's like he did with the other right. three victims. Uh, he would then return to Onslow Court and eat a three-course dinner. Like nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, because nothing did happen. The next day after he had killed um, Mrs. McCarr Deacon, uh, the other... Deacon Duncanshire Durante. You got it. Fucking goddamn names. Jingle Jangle Heimer Schmidt the third. Joanna Jacobson Jingle Heimer Schmitz. Uh-huh. Uh, She's the, got too many names, too. <laughs> so after he had killed her the next day... Um, the uh, other residents of the hotel would become worried about her strange disappearance. They asked Haig if he had seen her, and he said that he had arranged to meet her, but that she failed to turn up for their appointment. Um, by Sunday, it was obvious that something was wrong, and uh, Haig approached Mrs. Lane, who had been had shown concern for the, the day before, and asked if anything had been heard from uh if she, if she had no, i'm sorry let me start that again please do Haig approached mrs lane who had showed concern the day before and asked if anything had been heard uh from, you know about her and you know anything else uh, mrs lane told him that she had no news and that she intended to go that to go to the police that very afternoon Haig offered to accompany her and drove her to the to Chelsea Police State. The Chel- uh. <clears throat> Once again, Haig offered to accompany her and drove her to the Chelsea Police Station. Uh, Policewoman Sergeant uh, <clears throat> Lamborn was suspicious of Haig from the start. They would get. Uh, they would actually get a search warrant for his factory where. They were to discover a thirty-eight caliber Webley revolver oh, God, that I want he a Webley. yeah that it's had belonged break action six oh they're so fucking cool. Um, the revolver had belonged to Doctor Henderson, the acid drum, and some human remains. These included some bone fragments, Mrs. Duran Duncan's false teeth, and her gallstone. Nice. These were examined by the off uh, home office uh, pathologist, Doctor Keith Simpson who was able to make a positive identification of the victim. When the police... Oh, hold on. Let me start it again. When the police arrested Haig on the 26th of February of 1949, when questioned by... Uh, yeah, so they arrested him on the... Tw- uh, fuck! God damn! Son of a bitch! Okay. <gasps> oh, Son of a fucker! Get it out! Yeah. Oh, God damn him! I'm like literally on page like three, and I'm fucking up. <laughs> Let's be real. You were fucking up on page one, too. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. When the police arrested Haig on the 26th, I'm sorry, the police arrested Haig on the 26th of February 1949, and they were bringing him in for questioning. And when they questioned, when he was questioned by Detective Inspector Albert Webb, Haig asked him, Tell me frankly, what are the chances of anybody being released from Broadmoor? 
The inspector oh, said... Oh, oh, oh Broadmoor? Yeah. Fucking not good is what your chances are there. The inspector said he could not discuss the sort of thing. So Haig replied, well, if I told you the truth, would you would not believe me. It sounds too fantastic to believe like i can think of one dude he wasn't even really released from broadmoor he was transferred out and then eventually transferred back in and that was charles bronson because he's a goddamn psychopath yeah and he's gonna get an episode because i got his book up there Mm -hmm. and i've listened to other people talk about him and he's fucking fun so donkey kong i'll just leave it at that okay yeah uh he would then tell them quote mrs duran deacon no longer exists. I have destroyed her. <laughs> She's not dead. Bitch, don't exist no more. I have destroyed her with acid. You can't prove a murder without a body. Haig then confessed that he had uh, not only killed Duran Deacon, the McSwains, and the Hendersons, but also three other people. A young man called Max, a girl from uh, Eastbourne, and a woman from uh, Hammersmith. Which is a badass town name. Uh-huh. The three others might have been a part of uh, Haig's attempt to convince the police of insanity. Yeah. But not quite sure. Yeah. So the other ones are probably made up. Mm-mm. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Okay. So while in prison years before, Haig had discussed with um, discussed his point of law with fellow prisoners. He had convinced himself that if uh, there is no corpse, which it was what he understood the term corpse... Uh, Delecti to Corpse mean. Corpse delecti, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't uh, convict me unless you have proof yeah. that I killed somebody. Even though I just admitted to you that I killed two people, well, five people or whatever it was. Yeah. If you can't produce the body, yeah, you, can't you can get it. fucked. So there couldn't be a, convin- a, con- a conviction. So, you right. know. In fact, he had uh, talked about this legal issue so often, he had acquired the nickname Old Corpus Delecti. Such a stupid name. Yeah. Do better, was, England. Come on. I know. Get your shit together. He was convinced that it, the police had to have a physical body to actually prosecute someone for murder. <laughs> and there was ways to make sure that it did not happen. <laughs> it was in prison where he had experimented with acid on mice to see how well their corpses dissolved. And man, they got real fucking high. <clears throat> oh, wrong acid. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> he had also mentioned that Anybody's to get a... CIA? To get real money, one had to prey on old, wealthy women. Haig was yeah, once mean, once again cautioned not to speak, but when he went on to offer a full description of what he had done to Mrs. Duran Deacon, he dictated a uh, statement that he took that took about two and a half hours to write down. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he claimed that he uh, she was examining some paper. To use for artificial fingernails. He like, had shot her in the back of the head. Kicked her in the fucking head to uh, death. He then went on, went to his car, fetched a pen knife and a glass, and then used them, those items, to drain blood from the victim so that he could drink it. He There's the, the insanity part right there. He, well, tried to. He put the body into a 45-gallon dr- oil drum with some acid and left it to go, uh, you know, go and get into effect. Right. I mean, because um, <laughs> dissolving a body is not a quick process. No. It takes a while. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, mm. believe it or not, like, bone is pretty fucking, not just bone, like, muscle and skin is pretty tough. 
Yeah. You know, we're we're put together the way we are for a reason. You can't just like boop and poke a hole in yourself, you know, with your finger or whatever, but um Yeah, for sure. Um after his initial confession though, West Essex West Essex West Sussex chief constable requested help from Scotland Yard in the form of a uh, chief inspector and a uh, pathologist. Chief Inspector uh, Mahone assumed charge of the case. He went with uh, Dr. Dr. Keith Simpson and Inspector Symes to the store, uh, storehouse in Crawley where Haig had done his, quote, experiments. Right. It was their job to see if anything could be salvaged as, as far as evidence. Uh, it would be an arduous task, but hopefully... Um, It'd be an arduous task, but they had arrived, and hopefully they would arrive before the acid had fully done its work. I doubt it, though. Uh, Higgs' hasty confession proved to be his ultimate undoing. After arrest, Higgs had rem- uh, was remanded to in, in custody to cell two of uh, Horsham, 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 Horsham Police Station, where it was uh, in, which is in Bartlett Road. Uh, he was charged with murder at the nearby courthouse in what is now known as the Old Town Hall. Haig had, during an early confession, not only admitted to many of the deaths, but also uh, inquired as to what the outcome would be to anyone who was declared insane. Right. It seemed at this stage Haig had been mulling over the possibility of appearing mad in order to escape the noose and had him... Um, had most likely invented the stories of the nightmarish dreams and claims to be a vampire in order to yeah. uh, literally save his neck. Yeah. you, you <laughs> got to make yourself sound as crazy as possible for the judge to go, you're not really crazy. You're making shit up. Yeah. Because people don't really think that, you know, if you try to pull off an insanity plea, if you try to make yourself sound crazy, it doesn't work. No. It just it it very very rarely works. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's worked somewhere, but insanity defense very very rarely yeah. holds up because they're like, nah, you're just a piece of shit. So let's take a break here, and we'll okay. come back and we'll finish this up. Cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Haig has been put in jail. He kind of he's confessed. Uh, he's trying to win over the fat, you know, trying to get to the not to be, uh, you know, get the long drop, sudden stop. He's uh, they don't fucking kill you back in England. Um, you just sit there and rot. Well, well your teeth rot first because it's not true. Uh, <laughs> well, I forgot. This is when England was still actually like had a fucking spine with yeah, criminals. They um. Oh. So, and he's trying to claim that he's insane, yeah. that he did some wacky things. Yeah. Uh, on the first Drink of, the acid. I want, to, I want you to really prove that you're crazy. Drink yeah. the acid. On the 1st of April, 1949, E.G. Roby 
open the case for the prosecution before 10 Sussex mag magistrates. And this is the, um, <clears throat> the, this, this ordeal is, uh, to, like, actually to see if he's insane. Right. And there's just so much fucking. So it's kind of like a pre, a trial, a pre-trial to see if you're insane. Yeah. Before it actually goes to trial. This is before you get to the powdered wigs. Yeah. This is like, you actually have to sit and talk to a doctor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Haig was or in a, a panel of doctors or whatever. Haig was in a confident mood and even made light banter throughout the proceedings dick. as if he was unaware of the magnitude of his crimes if there ever was an illustration of psychopathic tendencies that is in the inability to emphasize and recognize human feelings and emotions Haig was the perfect embodiment of such dysfunction no he's fucking dysfunctional for sure during court proceedings e.g. Roby called 33 witnesses to prove premeditation of murder for uh you know, against Haig. He laid out his case in a form of a basic chronology and showed uh how rational Haig's movements were and had not been the actions of someone with diminished responsibility. No, because he had he put so much planning into each one of these kills yeah. that there's no way in hell that even if yeah, he, they did buy that he was insane, they would fucking hold I up. Mean, you know, yeah, when you, when you, you know, get involved with people and become friends and then you, you know, t say, hey, come check this out. Yeah, and it's not you like know. he just fucking stumbled upon these barrels of acid. He had no. to put those all together, you exactly. know? Exactly. And, I mean, you know, he does it multiple times. It's not like he was like, you know, the, you know, do, 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 do. Oh, I'm just going to randomly kill somebody. And then. <gasps> oh, my God, look at these barrels <laughs> of acid. This is fucking perfect. And then yeah. one of his victims, he plays the role of. Well, hey, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, exactly. I'm gonna play this up like he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, which is something that you know. Well, that's not something a crazy person um, would do. You actually covered with uh, one of your last people with uh, oh Leonardo. Yeah, yeah. Well, she wasn't really playing the role of anybody. She was just sending those letters to make it look like they actually left to cover her own her own tracks. Yeah, but I mean, it was kind of like this is different though because this dude was. Out in public pretending to be these people to do other shit. Yeah. Like, Leonardo convinced these women to sell all their shit off first. Yeah. And then killed them and then mailed the letters later to make it look like they had actually left. Yeah. You can't do that shit anymore. Yeah. Uh, Haig was also examined by several doctors and psychologists who were interested in the defendant's claim to have had uh, drunk blood. Such a compulsion, if genuine, is part of a sexual deviation and related to the act of violence itself. However, Haig, who appeared to have little interest in sex, gave no indication that he suffered from such a disorder. We need proof that you've drank, drank this blood, so we're going to take your blood to see if there's other blood in it. Yeah. That's not how it works. doesn't matter. We're still taking your blood. Uh, oh. Some Haig. dude just fucking walks up behind him with a crowbar and cracks him in the back of the head. You could have <laughs> used a needle. Yeah, I could have, but I didn't want to. Give me that soup can. Yeah. Um, Imagine if they drew blood like that. <laughs> oh, shit. I'd like to donate blood, please, and some dude just walks in with a fucking steak knife and just jabs in the arm. Squeezes it all into a grocery bag or some shit. Right, so you're good. So he... The outcome of this is that he doesn't get to plead insane. No, of course not. No. 
So, you know, not being able to get the insanity plea, the case would go to trial. The trial would start on the 18th of July, 1949. 4,000 people crowded into the small town of uh, Lewis, I'm going to say. Um, hopefully somebody badly spelled L E W E S. I'd say lose, lose, maybe. Yeah. Oh, better, better correct it for me. You guys need to get your shit together because we had what was it? Fucking Pudsley last week. Yeah. These names are fucking dumb. No. You guys are old enough. You guys have been around long enough to come up with some decent goddamn names. Ben might correct it or someone fucking else might butt sex upon Tyne or whatever the fuck that one is up there. <laughs> some stupid bullshit. Uh, England is fucking insane. So Fairy tale bullshit. They were all hoping to get a good seat in the courthouse to you know be able to see all the action. Of course, yeah. Uh, Mister Just- Justice Humphreys presided over the case. Oh, so much, so much wig powder. Uh, yeah. It's like thick in the air. It's like a a cloud. <laughs> yeah. Looks like fog. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they still do that. Yes. Do they? Yeah, they they still have, like, I don't know if they're powdered, but they still have, like, the fucking weirdos and their, you know, we lost to the United States in 1774 wigs, yeah. Even for the, like, the prosecution and defense? Oh, yeah. I, well, I don't know about that, but I know, like, the judge and shit still does his, like, kabuki makeup with his powdered wig and stuff. Huh. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many uh, of those guys are naked under their robes, though. But that shit's warm. I don't want to know. I would be. I don't... Why not? I don't want to. Know. I mean, it's black. It's not going to leave skid marks. So I just don't want to know. Whatever. Hmm. Well, you don't want to picture an old man naked. Under no! A <laughs> no, no, no. Now you are, though, aren't you? N- asshole. Uh, balls Ugh. hanging down to like mid calf. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, why could we do that? Like weird gray pubes. Oh. <laughs> oh God! I forgot how easy it is to make you uncomfortable. Next week's going to be so much fun. <sighs> Oh, God, you're going to cry, I hope. No, I'm not going to cry. This oh, is... you might. <laughs> no, I won't. Oh. Haig had uh, no money to pay for his defense. So the News of the World newspaper did a deal with him and offered him to pay him for his uh, counsel, pay for his counsel if he would provide them with an exclusive. Yeah. The Daily Mirror, Mirror uh, newspaper was also found uh, I'm sorry, was found in contempt of court for emphasizing Haig being a vampire. Yeah. Uh, the editor, Sylvester uh, Bolum, was sentenced Fuck to th- you. was sentenced to three months in prison for this. Sylvester Bolum. The paper also had to Oof. pay a ten thousand uh, pound fee like to 40, cover the court costs. Forty two dollars American. Yeah. No, it's like. 11 uh 375 10,000 like in I don't know and more you know because it's, it's, it's not like a ton more than us but it's more oh their money still had the king on it at that point in time though so he was still alive yeah yeah it was wasn't it? scratch and sniff like it no was, it, it wasn't it was the queen yeah the king was still alive in the early, late 40s no uh was he yeah Fucking King Matt Smith or whatever his name was from the TV show. Yeah, he was still alive. No, Matt Smith wasn't the king. He played the king, yeah. No. He did. Matt he Smith sure played fucking, fucking Elizabeth's husband, yeah. the king. No, he was still prince. Well, what the fuck ever. No, because George was uh, was king, I think. Well, whatever. She didn't take over. I don't think she took over. Whatever fucking lizard clutch it was. Like, you know. 
I don't think she took over during World War II. No, because I'm Elizabeth. pretty sure that Winston Churchill would have been like just backhanded him, like "bitch, shut up, let me, ch- I got, I got this under control." Or maybe he did. Fucking maybe he was sit back and do whatever. I don't know. You know what? We'll find out because somebody will tell us. Get your fucking base your tail massaged and just chill. <clears throat> so one of the psychologists called uh, to the stand was Doctor uh, Henry Yellow uh, Yellowies. Who claimed Haig had a paranoid constitution, adding, quote, the absolute collusion, uh, callous, cheerful, bland, and most an almost friendly indifference of the accused to the crimes in which he freely admits having committed is unique to, in my experience. Would have been way better if he had paranoid constipation, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> most of what those... am I going to shit? I don't know. What if I don't? <laughs> I mean, I will. He stands up and he just shits directly, directly into his fucking Oxfords. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) yeah. Oh man, my wingtips are ruined. Yeah. Uh, So most of yeah, as we know that most of the psychologists had agreed that although Haig suffered from mental health issues, he was not quote insane. Yeah, and had been perfectly aware of his murderous actions that had involved meticulous planning. One of the eminent psychiat- uh, psychiatrists believed that, without any doubt, Haig had a paranoid constitution, the same mental disease as Hitler. Haig- Syphilis? Micropenisry? Yeah, maybe. All the above? Missing a testiculitis? He only mm-hmm. had the one nut and a, we- a little wiener, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus, he was a shit artist, mm-hmm. and I'm confident saying that now. Okay. What's he going to do? Put me in a fucking camp? No. With his dumb little mustache? He's dead. No. And neo-Nazis are a bunch of fucking pussies, too. Like, do something. So, Haig pled not guilty. Yeah, of course, you know, because he didn't do it. The prosecution rested its case of, uh... Hold on. The pr- uh, wow. Jesus Christ. The prosecution rested its case of... Uh, deliberate premeditated murder for gain. Haynes, uh, yeah, Haynes, Haig's defense counsel tra- tried to rely on the issues of the defendant's insanity, describing for the court how his mental illness would have affected his ability to appreciate the morality of his acts. The jury were left to decide whether paranoia could be considered a mental disease or defect. It took only 15 minutes, 15 minutes for a murder trial. Yeah. Okay. To come to a conclusion. 13 minutes too long. And Haig was found guilty. And only waited, it only lasted 15 minutes because they had to wait for their tea to cool down long enough so they could drink it and then go, guilty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Judge Humphreys. Let's hang this fucker. Judge Humphreys asked Haig if he had anything to say for himself. Haig cocked his head to the side and said, nothing at all. And so he was sentenced, and then he sentenced him to death. Good. Death H- by acid. Yeah. Haig finished his life story for the paper. Dip you like that fucking shoe. Haig ha- <laughs> <laughs> finished his life story for the newspaper that paid him for his trial. He also wrote letters to Barbara Stevens and to his parents who did not see him actually before he died. Uh, his mother sent greetings through a reporter. Haig also <laughs> His told... mother's like, yeah, I guess tell him hi if you're stopping by. Yeah. 
Hig, I don't want to go. Hig also told Barbara that he believed in reincarnation and that he would be back to complete his, his mission. Madame Tussaud. Oh, Jesus, they wax statued him. Yeah, requested a fitting for a death oh. mask, and Haig was happy to oblige. Of course. Yeah. It was a fucking famous forever now. It was reported that Haig in the condemned in his condemned cell at uh Wandsworth. Yeah, Wandsworth, yeah, that's another prison, metal asylum. Uh asked for asked one of the jailers, Jack Morwood, whether it <laughs> would be possible. Oh, oh, so many jokes there. Whether it be possible to have a tri- uh, a trial run of his hanging, so everything could run smoothly. What a fucking dink! <laughs> it's likely he his request went no further, or if it did, the request was denied. Jack Morwood, by the way, perfectly average size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> no the more, ca- no less. <laughs> whatever. Right in the whatever the case, Haig was led to the gallows by Chief Executioner Albert Pierpoint. On August tenth of nineteen forty nine. That's another name that's ringing a bell. I think he was a pretty profi- like prolific executioner, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and he hung like a fucking ton of people. He, he was real good at it too. And that's the day he would die. Good. And then Madame Tussaud uh, would erect a wax figure of Haig, complete with his very own clothes oh, that wow. he bequeathed to them in the institute. He queefed in them. Yeah. So George Haig, at this point, John George Haig, Dead. would be given the name of the Acid Bath Killer. Which, if you heard a little bit of a pause or like earlier in the episode, and then you heard me chuckle very quietly. So, a little behind the scenes as to how the sausage is made. I have a little notebook that I write the you know episode number and title at the top of that I use for editing. So when I find a spot like, oh, we need to edit from here to here, I'll write it in there. Um, and... He, Kevin gave me the spelling of the last name, and I was like, I know who this is. And I just wrote it at the end. And I was like, hey, look. And he stopped. And I was like, fucking yes. Because I, I could see him go, god damn it, he knows who this is. <laughs> I, You're just weird like that. Serial killer, dude. I know. I know. So. Not all of them, but Higgs, a lot of them. His confirmed victims were William Donald McSwain on the 9th of September, 1949. Yep. Donald McSwain on the 2nd of July, 1945. Wait, I'm sorry. When was the first one? 9th of September. Okay. 1944. Yeah. That was the first one. Okay. And then the next one was his father, right? Donald McSwain on the 2nd of July, 1945. Fuck. So he waited over a year to kill his dad. Yeah. What a scumbag. And mom, Amy McSwain, on the same day. Yeah, that's true. Archibald Henderson on the 12th of February, 1948. And uh, uh, Rosalie Henderson, same day. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Henrietta uh, Robarts Durand Beacon. Good. Deacon, I'm sorry. Whatever. On the 18th of February, 1949. Those are the confirmed ones. It took him nine hours to kill her because he had to get rid of all those names first. <laughs> exactly. He had to put each fucking name into the vat. He's like, God damn it. Nice. Fuck you, uh, goddamn bitch, with all your names. So, okay. Here goes uh, Olivia Henrietta. Shit, no, it's Olivia. Olive, okay, gonna, Olive, sorry. I'm gonna, I have to upgrade from a 55-gallon drum to a 75-gallon drum because you yeah. got so many fucking names. Olive's gone. <gasps> okay, here comes Henrietta. Goddamn bitch. Robarts. Okay. <sighs> Duran Deacon next. <laughs> God damn it. This is four fucking barrels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that is the acid bath killer. So, yeah, so I did a fucking, you know, sick fuck. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, not not the not the level of blood and guts that I really wanted to quench my thirst, but <laughs> suck my. I'll ass. take it. I'll take it because it was a good episode anyway. Yeah. So before yeah. we go though, we have to. We read got something. We got this. Yeah, go for that. Well, we'll I'll do this other thing afterwards. Then we gotta read a. Are you gonna read it? Or I don't. I? I don't have it. So it's on the email. I don't have my reading voice. I left it at work. So you've also been reading a bunch, so continue. Oh, I to, hold on, I have to find it. <sighs> anyway, so while we're do, while you're waiting on that, uh, patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast. I'm bringing that up early because as we sit here recording, we've had another person join Patreon. So I want to do just do a quick shout out for everybody. Um, this is everybody at the $5 level because that's the only level we have because, you know, we don't have enough uh, <sighs> creativity. To yeah. have anything that's worth more than $5 other than bonus episodes. Yeah. Um, Evan Gall, David Menges, Ben Semple, uh, Aaron Bates, who may or may not be a special guest on next week's episode. Um, so I can also make him uncomfortable because I know him personally. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Damon Maraschino, Orion Nelson, uh, two new ones, Casey Clark and Becca Fuller. Thank both of you. You got to uh, roll that. Yeah, where'd it go? Yeah, there it is. So, Casey and Becca, if you are listening to this episode the day it comes out, I have messaged you on Patreon through the Messenger feature. Messenger feature? Message feature? I had a stroke just now. Anyway, um, I did send you each a message. Um, If you return your address to me, I think we can send you out some stickers. Some stickers? Some Homemade, fresh-baked, right-out-the-oven stickers uh-huh. that you can put on just about anything except your skin because they won't stick because they're vinyl. Um, anyway, Kevin, your next episode. History. History. Holy Jesus. You'll have a hard time with that one, too. I will. Struggle bus it. Anyway. I'm going to. So uh, we have an email that we got from Rebecca Longley, and I happened to catch it, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, you're doing a lot of Italian hands here. You're like moving your fucking arms around. Like. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and I was like, oh, I read it and I was like, hey, well, this is one of those ones that, well, for listener stuff, we need to share. And I was like, hey, would you mind if I share it with the rest of the class? She says, she said, sure. And she actually has uh, a couple pictures. Yeah, we'll, we'll end up posting um, the pictures with it yeah. as well. So this is her email. Uh, <clears throat> says, hey, y'all, I mentioned on Facebook that I had a lifetime of ghost, exper- ghost experiences, so I figured email would be the best way to share them with you. To truly understand all of this, I guess I should start with uh, my parents. My dad was born in Germany and his uh, first experience uh, and had his first experience there. His brothers and him went to a, an abandoned school being hooligans and breaking windows. My dad saw that saw this lady walking around the corner of the building. He followed followed her and watched her as she kept walking. Before she reached a door, she stopped, looked at him and motioned towards him with uh her with her fingers as if she wanted him to follow her into the building. At that point, he was clearly spooked and grabbed his brothers and went home. When he told my Oma, Grandma... Yep. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> what, well, I'm just reading it verbatim. Yeah. That's what, uh, 
uh, my son's, whatever he's going to end up calling uh, my wife's mom because her stepdad's German. So we have an Oma and an Opa. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So when he told, when she, he told my Oma, grandma, what had happened, she warned him not to go back there and never, and never to follow anyone, even if they were calling his name. Another time, not sure if this was in Germany or, well, or Turkey, my dad woke up in his bed shaking, not thinking anything of it, and being half asleep, he ignored it. No sooner than he, uh, no sooner than he had closed his eyes again, the corner of the mattress lifted up and slammed down. Uh, nope. Side note, my dad and his family moved around a lot because my opa was in the military. It's also how my mom and dad met. They were both in the Air Force while stationed in Tampa, also my birthplace. Uh, this is her, not me. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> my mom and dad were asleep, and my mom woke up to my dad playing, uh, my dad like playing with her hair and rubbing her head. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Eh, not really. Um, she just she just brushed it off and told him to quit. It kept happening, so she rolled towards him and woke him up, slowly noticing that it couldn't have been him because he was rolled the other way. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a little fucky. <laughs> uh, when she told him what happened, he insisted that she w- he was asleep. Shrugging the whole thing off, they both went back to bed. My mom woke up at the same to the same thing. This time, she realized whatever was grabbing her was coming from the headboard of the bed. In that same bed, they both experienced the shaking underneath them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, my mom and her family are from Connecticut. Our ancestors migrated there during the potato famine. Oh, they're fucking Irish. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. How about that? <laughs> I'm Irish too. I'm just because probably... our families didn't migrate here after 1945, you piece of shit. Uh, my family was. Here. Oh, that's right. None of you are scientists, so. No, all my yeah. family was here. Well, my great grandmother, I think, who was Irish, who immigrated here by herself, was probably during that time. Then you got that one, that one uncle in Argentina that we just don't talk about. I don't have any relatives in Argentina. Uh, that's what they tell you to say, right? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. sure. Um, He's got a bunch of kids that look exactly like him, too. It's weird. So, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, our ancestors uh, immigrated there during the potato famine and basically never left, except for her. My mom has uh, some stories about the apartment building that my grandma lived in. She was... Uh, God, fuck you, phone. Jesus Christ. Anyway, continue. Sorry. My mom has some stories about the apartment building my grandma lived in. She was she has never really talked too much about them, but whatever happened was bad enough for her to say that there was some type of true evil there. The same building is where I had my first experience. By this time, my parents had been both discharged from the military and were we're back uh, in to normal civilian lives. Uh, my, we moved from Florida to Connecticut and stayed with 
my aunt while my dad worked for her on her dairy farm. After a while, for whatever reason, my dad decided that he wanted to move to New York, um, move to New York, upstate, not city. Yeah. So my dad traveled to NY and left us in Connecticut uh, while he got a job and got a house set up. During this time, my mom and during during this time, my mom had gotten a job at McDonald's. My grandma lived close to her. Uh, to, since my grandma lived close to her job, we moved in with her. My mom would go to work and come home pretty late at night, so I would already be asleep. One night, I woke up and walked into my grandma's room. I saw an old lady sitting in a rocking chair, just rocking back and forth. I said, Good night, Grandma, and walked back out of the room and back to bed. I was like three or four. Yeah. My mom said that the next day I had asked her something about Grandma's chair. She kept explaining to me that we didn't have a rocking chair at all, and Grandma was in her bed. <laughs> you have a ghost chair? Yeah. That's excellent. Not long after the incident, we left Connecticut and moved to New York. Uh, we moved to a very small area, south of Buffalo and not far from PA. We lived in a few different places within the area. One of the places we lived was on this old farm property, and we lived in the house and basically took care of the farm for this old couple. The farmhouse was set back from the road along with the shed and main barn. I don't remember too much spooky stuff coming uh, too much spooky stuff from the house, probably because I was irra uh, irrational fear of coyotes breaking into the house and eating us. Understandable. <laughs> they would come out from the woods and try to, to get into the barn where we had our livestock. I remember plenty of nights my dad ha would sit out with his guns waiting for that one to get close enough. Anyone who uh, back on tr anyway, anyhow back on track. The one incident I really remember is walking uh, down the stairs and being tripped. I felt something block my ankles with uh, block my ankles, and all I could do was just fall. The other weird thing was that my room was always cold, like yep. it could be in the middle of summer, and my room was colder than the rest of the house. That's never a good thing. Yeah. Like, fun fact: this house is located near. Uh, Elkdale County, uh, Elkdale Country Club in uh, Salamanca. Sure, I don't know where that is. It was. Uh, we also lived in. Wow, this is another fucking. This is a state where New York's got some shit names. Yeah, <sighs> Cataraguga. Fuck it. I don't, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. Cataragasis or something. Holy some shit. Fucking, I think you might have got it. I thought you were going to go with Kathmandu at first. I'm like, no, that's, that's not even a real place. Bob Seger made it up. Kathmandu's a real place. Bullshit. Yeah, it was, yeah, after fucking Bob Seger saying about it, they made it. That's true. So so anyway. <laughs> same with fucking Coors Light. Stealing it from his band. Silver Bullet. Okay. So fast forward seven years and we moved to Illinois. My dad had uh, hurt himself working on the farm and couldn't find work afterwards. That my sucks. Oma and Opa had moved from Rome, New York 
to Troy, Illinois. I know where Rome, New York is. Been there. Wow. Went over there for a shit runnings with my brother. Didn't you? No, we went over there to get a tractor. I thought you guys went to runnings, But we did too. go to runnings after. Yeah, and he said it was not as good as the one in Claremont. No, it was yeah. fucking shitty. Yeah. Um, so due to the circumstances, they lived with my dad. Uh, on. So due to the circumstances, they talked to my dad into, mo- into moving us all down there. We stayed with them for about a year and then moved into a newly built apartment complex in Alton, Illinois. We all had some uh, weird experiences in the apartment. My mom and dad still live there. I would have uh, weird sensations of being watched or just not being alone, even if I was, even if I was. Right. My mom would be on a different floor than my dad, and would hear him call for her, and it would happen to him too. My mom has been. In the shower with the door closed and heard a scratching at the door. Mm -mm. When my son was around a year old, he would just stop what he was doing and look at the stairs. Sometimes he would giggle and laugh. Other times he would stare like he was watching something or someone walk up them. This happened so often we stopped making a fuss of it. Things are still happening there. I think that my mom and dad are are just used to, just used to it now and they really don't pay too much attention until one day recently my sister she was is 22 yeah was home alone and had locked the front door and went upstairs my mom and dad had come <clears throat> home from whatever they were doing and i guess had mentioned to my sister that the door was unlocked she insisted that she had locked it well, this happened another on another another occasion. This time, my sister had left and locked the door behind her. By this time, my mom and dad had gotten a camera system and set it up to monitor the front door and back uh, door inside. Mm-hmm. So, um, this was this was actually captured on camera. Her locking it. My sister leaves, shuts the door, and locks it with her key. She, uh. You can see the lock move. When my mom and dad come home, the door was unlocked. Now, I know you're probably thinking there could be an easy explanation and you might be right. I thought the same thing. I promise you that even though all this happened to me during my lifetime, I am still a skeptic at heart. Not saying I don't believe. I'm just saying that I don't. I do try and look for an explanation for things. And that's the smart way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I think it may be, um, I think that maybe it just helps me keep my sanity or gives me a false sense of, of not having fallen for the deep end, uh, off the deep end. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you lock it, though, it... it it's not like a faucet where, you know, like, oh, my water yeah. runs all the time because, like... Your water heater kicks on, pipes start banging, and there's enough yeah. pressure where it can kick your faucet. Or, on or the faucet sometimes will, you know, could uh, the stop or whatever could be faulty. Right. But know? this is a, a lock. Locks don't unlock themselves. No. You know? No, they don't. That requires um, physical motion. So now she kind of goes into some locations in what happened there. Uh, this first one is Jerseyville, Illinois. I moved into a house with a guy 
I was I was dating at the time, and we didn't go, uh, live there long. We would be laying on the be- in the bed and hearing in voices, garbled but loud. We both heard voices while we were in the shower. I was in a different part of the house folding laundry while my boyfriend was in the shower. All of a sudden, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I heard something say, Hey, in my ear. Nope. <laughs> I dropped everything and ran into the bedroom. I had mentioned these things to my dad, and he gave me one of those. Well, I mentioned all all mentioned these things to my dad, and he gave me one of those little voice recorders. So one night before going to bed, I set it up uh, in the on the counter in the kitchen and hit record. I did this a couple times. On one particular recording, you can hear the cat doing the midnight zoomies. Uh huh. You know the thud, 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 thud. <laughs> and then you oh, would yeah. hear this whistling. The cat would meow back at it. In response, it would whistle again. Creepy. Yeah. Uh, and the next one is in uh, Beth Alto, Illinois. She says, I was living with my baby daddy and his mom. Uh, this is years before my previous story. My son's dad's stepdad had died in the house, died of a heart attack while uh, sitting in his chair in the living room. His mother told him, told me that for months after his passing, she would hear someone knocking on the front door, but there was no one there. Okay. In our room, there was always the corner on the ceiling that my son would stare at. Odd. One night, he was sleeping, and Josh, the baby daddy, bolted upright and was staring at the doorway, eyes wide open, and he kept saying, He's here. Can't you see him? This was probably one of the most eerie experiences ever. The next morning, I asked him if he remembered any of anything of what happened, and he said no. That's kind of... Yeah, that's yeah. a little fucking strange. It's a little bit fucking weird. Don't like that. Um, next one is Kane, Illinois. Uh, I now live... Uh, this is where she now lives and have been for the past three years in this house with my husband, kids and critters, five dogs. We like to rescue, uh, two cats, two snakes, fish and a gecko. Damn. Our house. Yeah. Our house was built somewhere around 1902 to 1905. It's rather a large house sitting on about an acre of land, two levels, my husband's aunt and uncle owned it before us. While sorting through everything, we found really neat things. Stamps for cigarette sales, uh, bank receipts dating to the mid-1800s, arrowheads, uh, just all sorts of cool things. My husband's uncle uh, succumbed to Alzheimer's and passed away. His aunt lived in this house for a while afterwards, but... As she told, got older, her health declined, and she could no longer make it up the stairs. Uh, take what I'm about to tell you with a grain of salt, because dementia, uh, dementia can cause 
all sorts of hallucinations. Yeah, dementia is fucking terrible. Yeah. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, when Jake's, uh, when Jake, my husband's uncle, was alive in the few years before his passing, he used to see people in the house. He would often have be uh, antsy to get back home if coming uh if away because quote he had company awaiting waiting for him. Uh, he would often talk about a lady that I'm assuming scared him. He would say that he saw her on the top of the table and that she had all of these snakes coming out of her head. Ugh. When Jake's aunt moved out, she left behind some junk. I'm telling you this lady had Christmas presents years in advance. Oh God. There are four bedrooms upstairs, and every single one was packed with stuff in their big-ass bedrooms. So when I first met Jake and was staying the night that, that here during the early stages of dating, I'd leave the, in the morning to, to get back to the house I was sharing with my friend. Uh, I would put my daughter to bed, and she would keep an eye on her, uh, open for her, or an ear open for her. Uh, anyways, I'd get up and, and leave, to leave, and I would uh, get this awful, oppressive feeling. Like the feeling of sheer dread. Like, run now kind of feeling. Ugh. I would turn on all the lights and bolt out of the house. As soon I was, as I was out of the house, the feeling went away. That went on for months. Eventually, I moved in, and as we started cleaning and decluttering, things started happening. We would hear voices stomping, footsteps, things would move, doors would open and close. One day, Jake was in the kitchen, and I walked in there to carry on our conversation. And when we walked out, the doors in the, to the china cabinet we had were wide open. I know... What you're probably thinking, but the doors uh, to it locked and had been locked. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was a corner in the living room that the dogs would stare at and growl. Their hair would raise at the uh, up. No, the there was a corner in the li- there is a corner. There, oh, I said it again. God damn. There was a corner in the living room where the dogs would stare at it, growl, and their hair would raise up uh, their backs. We had some friends over, and their daughters, three at the time, uh, walked over to that same corner and just stood there staring. On another occasion, we all, minus my daughter, she was at her dad's, Mm -hmm. uh, were upstairs cleaning one of the bedrooms. I went downstairs to go to the bathroom. I heard footsteps coming up, to the door and then stopped the door rattled a little bit and then nothing it rattled again and i hollered for whoever it was to quit messing with me i came out of the bathroom and there was no one there i went back upstairs and asked who needed to use the bathroom and they both gave me a funny look i said well then who was messing with the door when i was in there neither of them had come downstairs this happened a few times now if i'm home alone 
and need to go into the bathroom, I leave the door open so my dogs can come in, uh, come in too. I have one in particular that will lay right uh, outside the shower and wait for me. Makes me feel feel better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the doorway to our room looks out into the hallway upstairs and the staircase. When our bed was against the uh, the way to where we, uh, we could see out into the hallway, my husband absolutely refused to sleep with the door open, which I can't say I blame him too much. When all the lights were off, it was eerily dark. Like, abnormally so. Almost like looking at a void, pitch black nothingness. We moved back, moved our bed back to the other side, and now we can leave the door open. Uh, one night, I was uh, getting my daughter ready for bed. She was, I think, about three at the time. Anyways, she was the same... Uh, she has the same bedtime routine. She gives my husband a hug and a kiss and then says, I would say their good nights and then uh, walk up to the stairs to their her room. When she, when you get to the top of the stairs is a short hallway at the end of the hallway are the four bedrooms. Uh, two in front of you and then one on either side. Her bedroom is the one on the left next to ours. Well, this night she was walking to her room and abruptly stopped at the our bedroom door, stared into the darkness, darkness and said, Hi! Ah! Then stopped uh, and looked like she was listening to something, giggled, and continued to her room. Wow. That's why I'm really hoping to be out of this house before my kid is up walking and talking. Yeah. Because I cannot imagine the shit that he is going to say. Yeah. Um, I put her to bed, turned on her music and nightlight, and went back downstairs. I told my husband, well, I'm not sleeping in our room tonight. Uh, <laughs> we have one of those wardrobe thingies in our room. And after that night, all I could think was... That the Conjuring movie, mm. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. ah, damn it, uh, where they're playing hide and seek and the hands come out of the wardrobe and clap, yes, or <laughs> uh, the other one that I would think would be like uh, the Amityville remake where they open the thing and the little girl's in there with a bullet hole in her head and she grabs the the yeah. nanny's finger and like makes her put like <laughs> I was like I was watching I was just going uh, 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 yeah. uh, don't do it <laughs> yeah gross <laughs> uh, yeah. She says, LOL. Ugh, I hate how my work, brain works sometimes. Next ghost, next ghostly activity, the footsteps and or stomping. Every time uh, we hear it, we're always downstairs, and it goes from uh, the spare bedroom to my daughter's super creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always a, in quick succession, like as if someone was running around and loud. We've heard our our bang, our, we've heard it over blaring music, the TV, the dogs, roughhousing, everything. When it happens, you know. Mm. Uh, okay, so we're almost done here. So funny story. Remember, I mentioned we had a new patron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's her. <laughs> I, I messaged her as you're talking. I messaged her. I was like, "Hey, if you send us your address, we'll get you some stickers." 
It's like, yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, funny story. Because, <laughs> like, I, I looked at the last name and I was like, son of a bitch, this is her. <laughs> what We're, fucking timing. Yeah. So I had this friend who was very knowledgeable about tarot cards and all things of that nature. So he suggested a Ouija board session. No. That's not a friend. No. That's a a future enemy. (laughs) And her her response is, you know, because I was saying no. It's almost like there's a response. She goes, I know, I know, I fucking know. Stop yelling at me. (laughs) We're not yelling. We're just exclaiming that it's a bad idea. (laughs) It's almost like she can read what we're, think of what we're saying. I'm sure she's listened to enough episodes of this show to go, oh, these guys are fucking weird about Ouija boards. And she's right. Yes. She's right. Absolutely Don't fucking play with those. So (laughs) she goes on to say, at first I was against it, but then I said, you know what? Fuck it. (sighs) Um... So, she and my friend came over one night, and we did a session. Kids were at home, and the dogs were up. Uh, We set everything up on the dining room table and turned out the lights and lit candles. She explained how everything worked and to always say goodbye to the end, uh, uh, say goodbye to end the conversation. Yeah. So we started off with the basic questions, not really getting any answers. Slowly, things started picking up. We got in touch with something that kept saying the same thing over and over. And each time, it got faster. So we quickly said our goodbyes on that one. We took a short break and came back to it. This time, we asked more decisive questions and gathered uh, that our house ghost is female. Not malevolent. She's not stuck. She chooses to be there, and she doesn't like when we change things. Hence the uptick in activity huh. when we would clean and move things. Weird. Same here. Yeah. All we got from her, uh, all we got for a name was Hey. Weird. Uh, we didn't get any other useful information, so we just wrapped it up so since then we've uh we've called her by the the name we were given and it almost makes things not so crazy i mean sometimes things will still catch me off guard but i think i've made peace with the fact she's here the animals don't really pay her any mind anymore whereas before it was growling and barking now They'll just observe to see if um, they see her. Uh, things have recently, uh, things have really settled down within the last year or so. But then again, we haven't really moved around much, uh, moved much around or changed anything. Although super recently, my son, he's 13, just told me that he's been having dreams when he is at his dads of hay in his room calling for him and looking for him he wasn't sure how to explain it he said it only happens when he's not there i jokingly said well maybe she's just she just misses you and when you're not around not here he uh, to be honest though i think it kind of creeps him out he's never told me 
that he feels scared, threatened, or afraid. I just can't help but feel like, uh, but I, I, I still can't help feel a little apprehensive. Uh, I'm sure you're interested why. After living here for a little over three years, it's nothing to walk into the kitchen and some of the cabinet doors are open or feel something brush up against you. Mm-hmm. Listen, we both had this experience at a place we were renting together. And Kevin, yeah. I mean... I his... unfortunately still have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, I mean... Here at this current place, I mean, I've seen a fucking man cross the living room, and I thought it was dumbass here. Nope, I weren't even home. He went home. He drove down the freaking driveway with his wife as <laughs> uh, just after I saw it. We haven't. I haven't had anything weird happen in a while, but we also haven't done anything like physical to the house in a while um i'll get an uptick this spring when i start renovating some stuff yeah um because i'm gonna i've got to strip and repaint my porch which i don't know if i'll get anything there um i'm gonna sand and restain my dining room floors i know i will get activity there Eh, and then i'm also gonna paint the the stairs that go from the dining room upstairs and the floor up there. I know I will get activity there because that's the old half of the house. And anytime we do anything there, which is where um, our bedroom is now and where the baby's room is, which used to be uh, Shelby's craft room and the studio. Anytime we did anything to change anything in those rooms, shit started happening again. Yeah. I mean, like if we re if we paint something, we don't get anything, but like, if I were to tear up the carpet in our bedroom, shit would go wild. Yeah. The I dogs mean, wouldn't go in there for days. I'd put money on it. We we catch some stuff on a couple times on uh you know, over the mics. Right. We had know. that weird sit down thing where we yeah. were recording separately from each other where I got up to like re rack my nuts. Yeah. And as I stood up, I, you didn't hear it while we were recording. No. I caught it when I was editing and I was like, motherfucker, you gotta come listen to this. Yeah. That was some wild I shit. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, so, <clears throat> this is her last little bit. So, one of the um, answers we got from the Ouija board, it really made me wonder if something uh, attached itself to me when I was when I was small. And that's why no matter where I go, think, weird things happen. Hayes said that she chooses to be in the house. Does that mean she followed me here? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. She, uh, has she always been here? All these questions I I have. I mean, hell, I've been at work driving the ambulance for whatever, uh, ambulance to wor- to wherever, and out of the corner of my eye, I'll see something. Wait a second, you drive an ambulance? And you listen to this? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And out of the corner of my eye, I'll see something sitting in the passenger seat, but not. But my partner will be in the back with a patient. I work as an EMT for a local hospital, and even though they say no one uh, ever dies in the back of the ambulance, we've, we haven't been successful in saving everyone. That's not for lack of trying, though. 
So spooky shadows in the ambo make sense. But yeah. is that my spooky lady or something else? Why is it why has it been like this my entire life? Even if my parents uh even with my parents too. Do did I inherit this? Am I just a little too open minded with it comes to the paranormal? I don't know. What I do know is that as I sit and type this, it feels good to get it all out. I am currently 32, and I've been experiencing the para not so normal <laughs> for most of my life. It didn't in, uh, intend. I didn't intend this. Uh, I didn't intend for this email to be so fucking to be a fucking novel. Sorry, that's all right. Happens. Um, but that's <laughs> that's that. Oh, whatever. Um, I really enjoy the podcast and basically all I listen to currently. Well, thank you. Seriously, I could recommend some other like actual good shows. If yeah, you want. yeah. Um, actually, go check out uh, David's show, um, Macabre Emporium. They've got a couple episodes out now. Um, pretty good. You know, I had, to che- I had to check it out. Better than our first two episodes came out because our first two episodes sounded like absolute ass because we're both like, and then. This thing happened? <laughs> and now, like, of course, we're, like, recording in Kevin's parents' basement. We're fucking both nervous. And yeah. uh, now we're just dicks. And, and I can't fucking talk. And Well, that's that's no. not changed. That never will change. No. Uh, I hope you find this to be good, uh, to be a good read. Even if, yeah, if you have questions, feel free to get a hold of me via email or Facebook. Uh, sincerely, Becca. I'm about to get a hold of you via uh, the United States Postal Service with your stickers too. So, um, um, I've actually been handwriting out your note while we're while we're recording. So, so she says. P.S. I've attached the pictures of uh, the poorhouse in uh, Carlton, Illinois. Unfortunately, it was set on fire recently. Although it no longer stands, it definitely it uh, it's definitely worth reading up on. And yeah, we'll actually post those, and I want everybody to be like, you know, tell me if they happen to see anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. I, he's he. You show me the pictures. You're like, do you see? Do you see? Uh, yeah, it's right there. What about? I no, that one's right there too. Yeah. I mean, I was like, we got eyes for the paranormal. As soon as I fucking saw it, I went, like, oh shit! Whoa! There's a thing there. Yeah, I was like, holy fuck! Yeah, that's that's crazy. So yeah, so that's uh, that's our episode. Sure fucking for was. the week. Sure fucking was. Sure fucking was. We'll be back again Sunday with Patreon. Yeah, that's our Patreon day. Yeah, um, probably gonna have a guest on there because my brother in law is gonna be in town. So we've had Nate on on Patreon before. Yeah. Um, you only heard him on one because I'm an asshole and I forgot to turn his microphone on on the first one. Um, but Nate will be in town for that, and uh, I'm hoping that next week we'll also have. Uh, one of our patrons on in person because he lives uh, 20 minutes from here. And uh, I'm going to make both of you guys very uncomfortable. You Hopefully, My goal with this episode is I want this to be the first one that people go, I can't finish this. It's gross. It's really what I'm aiming for, but you know, we'll see. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, rate, review, subscribe, patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast, $5 a month gets you, Extra goodies uh, in the form of some semi-decent episodes and uh, stickers. 
And yeah, it helps us grow the show somehow. Um, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so hey, studio.com. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, studio, yeah, headphones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's, wi- the things and yeah. stuff. Dark Windows 15 at checkout. 15% off your entire order. Yeah. By now, everybody should just know. You By know. now, everybody should have them. You should. If you We've don't. We've been talking about them for years. Like, what are you doing? I use exclusively Studio, and even if they didn't sponsor us, I would continue to use them because they're good quality. Literally for years, right? Literally for years. Yeah. Like, they've been a sponsor for, like, uh, I don't know, four years? Something like that? Quite some time is how long they've been a sponsor. So... With that being said, uh, I think it's time to go because uh, my wife made homemade orange chicken and I'm very fucking hungry for it. So, yeah. Um, so just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. He don't get his get his shit did. He gets his nut. Oh no. Oh, he doesn't kill her. No, he's That's unfortunate. No. She kills him. Again. She kills the fuck out of him. Again. He's been killed he's been killed almost as many times as fucking Jason. Yeah, but he's like I don't know. It's it's not like he like dies. He he like he, he's not cuz he's almost like he's the immoral type of thing, but he's not. Yeah. But like the very this very last one Fucking, she like stabs him. Fucking, gets him on the. Oh, uh, he goes over the counter. She fucking spikes his fucking hand <clears throat> in the counter with a knife. Grabs another fucking knife. Fucking boom, right into the like, counter. <laughs> fucking, he rips it off. She fucking stabs the shit out of him. Then she goes over, slits his fucking throat. He starts bleeding the fuck out. And then, the, uh, or no. Yeah, because he slits her. He, she slits his throat. No, he, he stabs her. He's, he does both hands. She already stabs him in the chest, and then she uh, he rips one fucking hand off out. Fucking rips the fucking knife like so you could see like fucking splayed. Right. And grabs a hold of her, fucking choking the shit out of her with the fucked up hand. With a fuck, gonna, gonna kill her. Yeah. Ooh. You know, and and then uh. Um, the granddaughter shows up, fucking rips, fucking clocks him one, and then Jamie, and then she fuck Jamie the Curtis fucking slices his fucking throat, and then the, and the daughter goes, the granddaughter goes, you know, because the, the cops come in, it's over. No, it's not. It's not over at all. Fucking loads his ass up on a on top of a fucking vehicle, and they haul him down to the. To the fucking junkyard. Like a Christmas tree. Like, haul him down. They strap to the, him to the roof like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Haul like him down fucking to fucking National Lampoon movie. Haul him down to the fucking junkyard. And, and the whole fucking town in Haddonfield. Because they're like, we got to put this to the end. You know, this Haddonfield has to stop this. You know, we have to, as a... The villagers com- come out with their pitchforks to scare the much. monster away. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty much what it is. And, well, you see a fucking... You see, like... At the beginning of the fucking thing, you see one of those car, like, crusher. Not car crusher, but, um, like, fucking chew up a fucking ve- yeah. like motors and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that motherfucker's being used somehow. Yeah, it's Chekhov's car shredder. 
You yeah. can't show it in the first act and not use it in the third. Well, you know, they it, show it for a reason. It gets used all right. Michael gets his ass put through it. Nice. So he ain't alive. 